0: Here it is, midway through 2022, and men still outnumber women in STEM-related federal jobs, science, technology, engineering, and math. The Equal Employment Opportunity Commission has outlined this trend, and it's also got a few recommendations for what agencies can do about it. Here with the details, Federal News Network's Drew Friedman. Drew, I think it's safe to say neither one of us excelled in math when we were young and regret it to this day. So what are some of the significant numbers here?
1: That's right, Tom. So the kind of the top line number that EEOC is advertising here is that 29.3% of STEM employees in the federal workforce are women. That's based on data from 2019. So That's the most recent information available, but it could have changed a little bit since then. Generally, there is a lot of information about the STEM workforce across the nation, but for federal agencies, the information is a lot more limited. So this report really looks to add more context and information to that discourse. When we're comparing that 29.3% with nationwide, we see that 27% of the nationwide STEM workforce are women. So federal agencies are actually doing slightly better than the private sector. Breaking it down a little bit further, just a couple other numbers to throw at you. 66% of women in the federal STEM workforce are white, and 10.7% are individuals with disabilities. EEOC generally says that this is a bit surprising. They expected women to comprise a larger portion of the federal workforce, and so it is a little bit lower than they than they thought.
0: All right. Are there any individual trends for the four letters of STEM, science, technology, math, and engineering?
1: Yeah, so the EEOC does break it down Science has the most women at 41.25 percent, and all the other sectors are a little bit farther behind. Math has the absolute lowest number. They have about just 6,400 federal employees in math jobs, but percentage-wise, it's actually higher, about a third of math employees being women.
0: I guess if you looked at the military somehow, I think you'd find a lot more women just numbers, I don't know about percentages, but population in STEM. This week, we've been interviewing people from the Naval Oceanography and Operations Command subcomponents, and at least two out of the four interviews are women commanders of units that do this, and they have engineering backgrounds and math backgrounds, so science. So there's some promise there. And what about STEM leadership positions? I guess it's probably the disparities are even more pronounced.
1: You guessed correctly, Tom. They are actually further behind at 25.9% of women comprising those roles. And again, the top line number is that 29.3% of federal STEM positions are currently women. Engineering has the largest disparity when it comes to leadership roles. Men hold about 84% of those positions. Technology is in about the middle, with 75% or so being men. And math and science have the lowest disparity, where women make up about a third of each of those workforces. But you know, it is still something to say neither of them has have reached 50%. So they are lagging behind. And something else that was interesting from this is that there's a bit of a pay gap as well that exists, as we've talked about before across the entire government 5.9%. But EEOC said that it's actually more much more pronounced for STEM roles at 9.5%. So women make 9.5% less than their male counterparts for STEM roles specifically.
0: In the government. Correct. And that could be a function of just time in the job, too, correct, and rank.
1: Right. That is something that EEOC mentioned in the report as well, is that a lot of this does start early on. So, you know, looking at high school and college There are fewer women who are majoring in STEM roles than men, and that can kind of trickle down or bleed through over time down the road. And that's maybe why we see this trend downward between general STEM roles and leadership roles for federal agencies.
0: And what does this all mean? What's the fallout in EEOC's estimation?
1: The biggest thing is that this can, of course, affect recruitment and retention, particularly retention. So one notable part of EEOC's research here was that about half of women in STEM positions say that they have experienced gender-based harassment at work. That's compared with just 41% of women in non-STEM fields. So there is a lot going on there. EEOC said that there is a strong correlation between levels of harassment or the amount of harassment reports that come into different agencies compared with leaders commitment to diversity. That's something that where they pulled information from the federal employee viewpoint survey, and looked at, you know, what are employees saying about, does my supervisor treat me with respect? Are promotions based on merit? And that can kind of filter through to how many harassment reports are coming through.
0: And at the top, we mentioned that the EEOC has some recommendations for agencies to start closing those gaps. What are some of the top line ideas?
1: So something that they really recommended was creating some leadership development programs. If you think about, as I mentioned before, a lot of this does start early on with fewer girls, I guess, in high school and college looking at STEM majors. And that's something that can bleed through over time so that if they create leadership development programs that can encourage more women at agencies to take on those roles and perhaps close the gap a little bit more. Other things like community outreach to underserved areas and also collecting data. So one example is exit interview data for women. So asking if women are leaving a STEM position from the federal government, ask if they experience discrimination or harassment in any form and, or see really why they're leaving and kind of determine how to make changes from that.
0: People need inspiration when they're really young. Maybe Mattel could make more Barbies along the lines of their Samantha Cristoforetti Barbie role model. That's a scientist and engineer who's been in space with the European Space Agency. More dolls like that.
1: The more STEM role models there are for women, the better.
0: Federal News Network's Drew Friedman, thanks so much.
1: Thank you, Tom.
0: And check out her story at federalnewsnetwork.com.
2: Hello, I'm wife of CEO, Shane Canfield, and thank you for joining us on another episode of Lessons in Leadership. I'm honored to be joined by Angie Bailey, founder and CEO of Anunda Life. Angie has a remarkable career in public service, beginning as a GS2 clerk typist with the Social Security Administration.
0: And over the next
2: 40 years, Angie steadily worked her way up through the government, ultimately becoming the Chief Human Capital Officer at the Department of Homeland Security. It's been recognized with presidential rank awards by two administrations for leadership, innovation, dedication, and commitment to the country. Angie, thank you for joining us.
3: Thank you, Shane. What a pleasure to be here.
2: Angie, you've made quite a name for yourself as a leader in the federal workforce. Who was the first person you remember looking up to a as a leader and what about them inspired you? You
3: No, I often think about this because, you know, sometimes we think of the people that we look up to the most as being somebody that throughout our career has, you know, been at the highest levels and all, but I, you know, I've got to go back to honestly, whenever I was 10 years old. And uh, I remember I really wanted to play little league baseball on a boys team. I was the only girl. And interestingly, it was the women who would keep saying to me that, no, I couldn't play. And then one day, whenever I was there to sign up yet again, uh, there was this guy, his name was Delbert Beiser. And uh, I remember he had like red hair and he had a of tobacco in his mouth and greasy overhauls and everything. And he said, you know, I'll take her, I'll take her on my team. And, you know, just looking back on that, there's so many leadership lessons and things that I just really admire about him. And actually, I thought about throughout my entire career. stepping in or stepping up and taking on the challenges that sometimes no one else wanted to do.
2: Angie, thanks so much for joining us today.
3: Oh, thank you, Shane. It's such a pleasure. I I really appreciate you giving me this opportunity. Thank you.
2: This has been the Lessons in Leadership podcast. I'm CEO of WEPA, Shane Canfield. Looking forward to talking to you next time.
1: Everything's getting more expensive these days. Gas, rent, and even your music.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, we need you. The Benevolent and Protective Order of Elks is looking for you to help support veterans, help with youth scholarships, and be a force in your community. Being a member of the Elks is where you can do all this and much more. We are 31 lodges strong across the state of Iowa. Help pass on our principles of charity, justice, brotherly love, and fidelity. If interested, go to elks.org and use the lodge locator to find a lodge near you. Elks care. Elks share. Brought to you by the Iowa Elks Association.